Hi, I'm Jennifer Ackerman Haywood, and you're listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast. This is a weekly interview show that is all about art, craft, and creativity. I produce it in the hope that it will help all of us live long and crafty lives. So let's get to it, folks. It's time to craft sanity. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 56 of the Craft Sanity Podcast. And special welcome to all the new listeners out there. I've heard from several people lately saying they just recently found the Craft Sanity Podcast and have been tuning in. Welcome to all of you. I'm excited to be able to introduce you to a woman by the name of Dee Bellini. Dee is, well, she's a super mom. She's 44. She lives in Wyoming, so she's from West Michigan, like me. Well, I'm originally from Detroit, but we both live in West Michigan now, so you can get my drift here. Dee is someone I met when I did an art craft show back in, I want to say it was December. I watched people just kind of swarm around her booth, just buying up all of her products. And you're probably thinking, okay, what does this woman make, and how can I get into it? Well, I'm going to tell you that. She is a soap maker, and she doesn't just make soap. She makes lotions and scrubs, sprays, lip balms, and uh, you name it. She's cooking it up in her kitchen. The thing that's so cool about Dee is she's this 44-year-old married mother of five boys. That's right, five boys. (laughs) She works full-time as a parts manager for a forklift company, and in her spare time, she runs her business called Bars by Bellini. So for this episode of Craft Sanity, I'm going to take you to Dee's kitchen, where she's going to tell us how she makes her expanding line of soaps and skin products. And even if you don't plan to launch yourself into a soap making career, I think you're going to still find this interesting. We're going to have a little bonus for you. I did shoot video in Dee's kitchen, which was kind of crazy because I was had an audio mic in one hand and then I had my camcorder in the other a little crazy, but and I'm not a video master by any means, but I will be, um, my husband Jeff, the dear man, dear sweet man that he is, he is going to help me pair like about 45 minutes down to like 10 or less, and we're going to get that up on the website soon. So look for that. After the interview, please check out craftsanity.com for a free soap making tutorial and see more information about these cool products and how you can win some. All right, let's get to that interview. My name's Dee Bellini. I'm 44. I'm going to live in Wyoming, Michigan, okay. and my company is Bars by Bellini. Okay, and this is something you do on the side. You work full-time. I work full-time. I have a full-time job in Zealand. I work, I'm actually out of the house 50 hours a week. Wow. What so do you do? What kind of I'm job? a parts manager for a forklift company. Really? Yeah. Okay, so you do par- forklifts, forklifts and soap. And, and soap, <laughs> yeah. That's my, my son and his friends all call me super mom because I'm, I'm, help them build sets that you know have my I have my drill and my hammer and and then I bake cookies that's <laughs> so, awesome so that's awesome. Yeah. and you're the mother of five boys five boys 18 17 14 5 and oh, almost three wow yeah, yeah you are a superman <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy yeah and so how long have you been making soap I've been making soap for a few years I started um I bought it at a craft show and I really liked how it felt it's so yeah. much better than soap that you get at the store but you can't find it anywhere unless you want to spend $5 a bar. So I said, you know, I wonder how you make it. Mm-hmm. So I just did some online searching, you know, how to make handmade soap. 
and I found a bunch of websites, did a bunch of research, bought a couple books, and so then I was like, okay, let's just go ahead and start making it. So I went and got all the stuff, went all to, I had to go to a couple different interesting stores. I went to um, Division, there's some Asian stores yeah, to get some of the oils and stuff that you need, and I found out you can get them at Walmart after the fact. But, <laughs> so you went searching, all over. went searching all over for these oils, and I made my first batch, and, it, and it, I, the next day it came out, and it was, hey, this, is, this works great, and I just kind of got addicted. And then I got into like Yahoo groups, there's some Yahoo soap making groups, mm-hmm. and I found out that making soap is addictive. I mean, everyone who started making soap just loves making it so much. So um, about a year later, I was making it, and it gets it can get kind of expensive, and, and then you have the soap laying around, you know, that right. you know, people have to use up. So my husband ended up losing his job, lost, yeah, laid off. Michigan's wonderful economy going yeah, on right now. A, a big problem here. Yeah, and so he's like, well, why don't we try selling some of your soap? So I went to the flea market over on 28th Street and set up a little booth. And, mm-hmm. did and what year was that? When this was two years ago, 2005. Okay. And um, I did really good the first Sunday, Saturday I was there. And then it just started going more and more and more. Because all I was selling was soap. That's all I did. I didn't make any of these other products yet. Okay. And so I was like, i got to figure out something to expand my line. So... Um, I emailed a lady who has a like a supply website. She's like a soap making guru. She's been doing it for thirty years. I said, "What can I use to expand my product line?" She said, "You can try making linen sprays, lotions." And so I bought a lotion making kit and I made lotion. And I was like, "This is so cool! This is so fun!" <laughs> so, so ever since then, I've been expanding my product line. And then I started doing craft shows. You were at mm-hmm. the one last December with right. me. Mm-hmm. And then I also do the. Um, Farmer's Market, I was actually one of the first artisans to do the Farmer's Market the first year they opened up in 2005. Um, The Farmer's Market downtown gets crafters, Mm -hmm. and there's so many farmers that fill so many booths, and then there's so many crafters left over that they were doing a lottery for crafters. So Jason, the guy who runs the the Farmer's Market, said, why don't I just open it up on Sundays for artisans and crafters only? So they started doing that, and um, so I was down there, that was 2005, and we start up again in June, and this will be my third year down there every Sunday. That's great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. people probably know to expect you to be there. Yeah, yeah, they they call me the soap lady down there on Sundays, yeah. So it was, and it was kind of nice. like craft show. I was at in, back in March. The lady's like, "Oh yeah, you were you're at the craft show. I, I, I got some of your soap from you last summer at the at the farmers market. Yeah, I want to get some more. So I'm starting to get repeat customers. That's so it's great. really exciting. And you have a website now. Too. I have a website. Yep. So people can order online. Mm-hmm. Barsbybellini.com. That's great. Mm-hmm. What are all the products? That you I make. Well, I make the lotions. The lotions are all with all um, natural products. Like what? What is um, in there? Shea butter, cocoa butter. I use almond oil. Different kinds of seed and nut oils, mostly. Distilled water, that kind of thing. And then I started, this is a Quinn's cream. I make this. This is a diaper rash cream that I formulated for my little three-year-old. And it it really works. He he would have a terrible diaper rash at night. I put some of this on the next morning be gone. It's got, like, healing herbs, um, comfrey, chamomile, calendula. And um, different kinds of healing oils like neem oil and evening primrose oil, that uh, aloe vera gel, which is soothing, and beeswax also, which makes like a barrier for right. babies so that it, the moisture stays away. And it really works. And I have had people buy this for other problems too. Like uh, a friend of mine, she makes um, enamelware jewelry. Okay. And uh, she gets really bad because her hands are in heat and glass and oh, metal all yeah. the time. So she bought some of this and she says it's really working wonderful. For healing, Just for her, healing hands. her hands. Yeah. Wow. And then the goat's milk and aloe vera cream, which we're going to make today. Mm-hmm. This is my best seller. Everybody who uses this just loves this hand cream. They just they just love it. It has a real soft fragrance, 
and it works really good. And that's just for for hands anywhere really. That it's it's a it's a heavier cream. The difference between creams and lotions, creams are a little bit thicker. Mm-hmm. So like if you have a large area. Like if your legs or arms and stuff that you want to moisturize, lotion's good because it goes on a little thinner, it spreads a little thinner. But you have severe dry problem areas like heels, knees, elbows, this is good for that. And I also started making a a body butter, which I don't have out here, which is just pure oils. It's shea butter, cocoa butter, and almond oil. And that's for severe cracked dry skin. Okay. And that, that's, a, that's really thick and it's kind of greasy and it has to be, that's kind of like the thing that you want to put like on at night. With yeah, when you're not going to be like exactly. driving exactly. a car or whatever. Yeah. And then this is my, this is my uh, facial quencher. This is the, my facial moisturizer that I made. It's got um, things like caffeine, which they're talking about now is caffeine. They've, they've studies, and I'm not saying that this will do it, but cat studies have shown that caffeine uh, on your, you know, your skin mm-hmm. has lowered the incident of um, skin cancer. Really? Yeah, and and then it also has um, like hyaluronic acid, which is uh, the acid that's found in like you naturally occurring in your joints. Oh, okay. And that kind of thing, but it's also it it holds up to one thousand times its weight in water. So when you put it on your skin, it just really moisturizes and it, and it holds moisture in your skin. Oh, that's great. And equal, and like a salon, like seventy dollars for a half ounce tube. Oh, of similar and ingredients. And how much do you sell that? Ten dollars for a two ounce jar. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's pretty good, and it, it's I've everyone who everyone loves this stuff too. And then I just started I started with a facial mask. This is a herbs and clay. Okay. And, it's and so just, how do you put that on? You just you would mix it with a little water in the palm of your hand. Okay. And then you just, just rub it on your face and let it dry. And let it dry. Okay. And it has um, ground herbs like sea kelp and dead sea salt and lavender, and um, so that helps. It's like a um, Exfoliant. Okay. And then the the clay actually pulls that stuff the pulls the, out. The, yeah. the toxins out of your skin, right? And that works really good. And that's a two ounce for five dollars. I sell that for five dollars. And then my latest, oh my latest craze this year has been liquid soaps. I just started making liquid soaps this year. Okay. Um, that's what these are. Um, I've got body washes. I've got shampoos, and and then these are the foamer like foamer yeah um, okay. foaming bottles. Like, this is a kitchen soap. This is made with coffee. That's why it's black. Wow. And coffee, what coffee does is it neutralizes, like, you have garlic on your hands or onions on your hands and the it smells. smells. The coffee neutralizes that smell so that it gets that smell out of your hands when How you wash your hands. And then then this is just this is just a regular just hand soap that you could use in the bathroom. But it's made, because it's made with soap and not detergents, that's what everybody worries about is deter, you know, Soap is not drying to your hand. Detergents are meant to cut oil. I mean, when you—that's what soap, dishwasher soap is. That's what dishwashing soap is. Mm-hmm. It cuts the oil. Mm-hmm. But does the same thing to your skin. Mm-hmm. It's going to strip all those oils out, out of your skin. Soap doesn't do that. Soap just bonds with the dirt and washes it away without stripping your natural mm-hmm. occurring oils from your skin, which you don't, which your body needs. And then I also make this with aloe vera gel, so it's very healing. Oh, it doesn't yeah. dry out your hands when you wash your hands. That's the problem. It. I notice a lot of times that if you're cooking in the kitchen and you're washing your, you're working with meat or something, mm-hmm. and you're washing your hands a lot. Mm-hmm. By the time I get done, my hands are like a mess. Mm-hmm. You yeah, because they're just. I mean, I'm clean, but I'm very, you know, yeah, they're all very dry. And and yeah. Out. Yep. Yeah. So that's I started making those foaming soaps so that it'll stop. It'll stop. I mean, they work really good. And you just need a little couple squirts, and um, they leave your hands feeling nice and soft after you wash them naturally. 
Yeah, and that's the big difference. Yeah, that's the big difference. It's a natural product. It looks like there's a lot of, um, there's a little bit of chemistry involved here. Yes, absolutely. Now, were you, did you have a knack for that? I, this? I did, I did, um, I always loved chemistry, and I think maybe that's why I'm drawn to this so much. Because, yeah, because this is because it's it, especially the soap. The soap making the soap. You take what you're doing is you're taking an alkali, which which we'll show you is is the lye. Mm-hmm. It's very caustic, mm-hmm. and combining with a fatty acid, and it's actually doing a chemical reaction to make soap. Mm-hmm. And the byproduct is soap and glycerin. Mm-hmm. So you've heard of glycerin. Mm-hmm. They talk about glycerin soaps. Soap made naturally has twenty is made up of twenty five percent glycerin. That's the natural byproduct of the chemical reaction of making soap. Mm-hmm. So using soap, you naturally have just just naturally have the um, the skin softening abilities of glycerin in just using it. So right. that's why it's so much better for you than than the hard bars that you buy. That they're softer, you know, but they're so much better for your skin. Mm-hmm. And this kind of soap has been around for thousands of years. They're not exactly sure. It's one of those things like wine yeah. and, and bread. And cheese is like, where did it come from? Nobody knows. <laughs> but um, but it's been around for a long time. This is actually the same kind of soap, similar soap that they used to make in the pioneer days. You know, they used to spoil. Wow. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I think some, a lot of us forgot. I mean, we don't we don't really have that in our life. You mm-hmm. know, because if you're working, just going to the grocery store and throwing it mm-hmm. into dial or whatever mm-hmm. into your into your uh, shopping cart, you're missing out. Yes. Well, because I watched the people swarm around your booth, and mm-hmm. I was really. It was really something else. So I'm like, yeah, I definitely have to do something about soap making because people really seem to be into this. And yeah. It, and I and this is a process. I mean, how long would you say this takes? If you want to make soap, how, how long does it take? To learn it or to just to make well, it? To, uh, well, of course, the learning process Lear- is... Learning, the learning process is easy. Um, it, it's um, To make it, it... The mixing process, about mm, 15, 20 minutes. Okay. And then it sits overnight in a mold, and then it has to cure on the shelf... Um, what curing does is it just evaporates the water that's okay. left over in the soap. Um, you'll find, you know, when we cut up that bar, I'll let you feel it. And you can feel the difference between this has been sitting for about two months now, and that one, which is just fresh, and how the difference in the How long hardness. do you let it cure before you? Um, you can let it cure. You can actually use a soap fresh out of the mold. Okay. It's 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 not it's, it's soap. It's good. It's not going to work. Oh, the only thing curing does is it makes it harder. Okay. The harder the soap, the longer it's going to last in the shower. Okay. So that's really. I mean, you can use it. Fresh out of the mold. If you really um, wanted to, okay. Mm-hmm. So, is it days that you let it cure? That I usually let it cure before I wrap it in the plastic. I usually let it cure about four weeks. Okay. That way, I can be sure that most of the moisture is out of it because it is natural. If there's moisture left in this plastic before I wrap it, it will molt. Okay. Yeah, and you don't want to. And you don't want to do that. So yeah. that's why. I mean, it, it. If you just let it sit out, I have a shelf downstairs that these just sit like that, and they just let the air. And eventually, after this one, like I said, you feel that one. That one's been curing yeah. for about two months now. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And they smell so good, too. Yeah. I, 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 that's the other thing is I'm a, I have fragrances coming up the yin-yang. Yeah. I just, every time I go to my website where I buy all my fragrances, I'm like, ooh, that sounds good, that sounds good, that sounds good. So. Yeah. Is this um, something that's a very costly business, like to, to run, to, to make soap? Is it expensive? No. I mean, you can make soap using olive oil and Crisco or lard. You know, you go to the grocery store and you get some Crisco and some and some olive oil. You can make soap. Really? I get the lye at Lowe's, you know, and um, that's it. That's all you really need. You just need, all you need is a fatty acid and, and an alkali. Mm-hmm. And um, you can get that anywhere. It's, it's the, the molds that are here, I made those myself 
from wood that I got. I mean, they cost me like five dollars. I made them myself. Mm-hmm. But you can use. I've heard people using cardboard shoe boxes as a mold. And if you just la- you just layer it with the freezer mm-hmm. paper. You just use that freezer paper, and you're you're good as gold. Wow. My first mold was um, one of those Rubbermaid plastic shoe boxes. Yeah, that was my first mold. It was just one of those Rubbermaid ones. Didn't even line it because it was plastic. I was able to get it loose and oh. pop right out. Cut yeah. it out. That was my you know. So you just use pretty much whatever you have on hand. Yeah. Um, the one thing, um, the one coconut oil was the one thing that I had to go looking for. Coconut oil is um, not necessary to make soap, mm-hmm. but what coconut oil has, one of the fatty acids in coconut oil is the different fatty acids like, you know, steric acid have different properties that they give to the soap. Right. Coconut oil is fatty acid. I can never remember what it is, but... It's the one that makes the big fluffy lather. It's oh, nice yeah. fluffy lather. So I always like to add coconut oil to all my soaps because it does. It makes the lather up real nice. Olive oil. Um, people have heard of Castile soap. I don't know if you've ever heard of Castile soap. I don't it's one hundred percent olive oil soap, and it's a beautiful bar of soap. It's wonderfully moisturizing, but it doesn't lather up real well, and it's kind of soft. But people, can, you can make soap with just olive oil, just Crisco, oh. lard. Tallow. My first batch was making with tallow, mm-hmm. but then I stopped making with that any kind of um, animal products. All my it's all vegetable or nut and seed oils. Okay, so it sounds like something that, and we'll be telling people a little bit about how they can kind of try this out at mm-hmm. home. And then mm-hmm. those who like to heck with it, they just want to order something from you. They can mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because <laughs> I suspect what happens is you know I know some people find that this is their real passion and they want to do this. Yeah, but then there are plenty of people who might make a batch and. Yeah, not have time mm-hmm. to do stocking stuffers. Yeah, yeah, um, they make great gifts. I mean, like I said, this I had a lot of people at Christmas time buying bars of soap to put in people's stockings. Yeah, so, how much is so a bar of soap? Three dollars a bar for everything. For no nope, doesn't matter what it is. They're three dollars. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, it sounds like very affordable. It is. I mean, it's, it's I mean, it's more expensive than your dial, your lever two thousand. It's a little more expensive, but what I found is that's why I started making this because I loved the way my skin felt after you get out. You're, you're sh- and you, when you shower with it, you feel squeaky. You know how your skin feels squeaky when it's clean? But when you get out, it doesn't draw all, your skin doesn't draw all up, all tight because it's it's all moisturized. It just okay. it just feels nice so and soft. So you don't really need to use a moisturizer. Not really. Mm-mm. Not that really. Everybody who gets started using natural soaps, handmade soaps like this, usually don't want, want to go back. You know? And yeah. that, I, I've had quite a few people say, well, we don't, I don't use bar soaps. I use liquid soaps, you know, shower gels. If you look at the ingredients on the back of one of those shower gels, it's sodium lauryl sulfate, salt, and those, and they're finding so many bad things about the sodium lauryl sulfate, which is a foaming action in, mm-hmm. in just, even in toothpaste, it's even a toothpaste. And none of my products have any of those chemicals in it. It's all just natural soap. Yeah, and I think a lot of people are, the more we hear about the research about things that, these chemical agents and things we don't know anything about, mm-hmm. you know, we're using them on mm-hmm. our skin or ingesting them. People, I think, are more and more now are looking for natural alternatives mm-hmm. to that. Absolutely. So that's Absolutely. fabulous that you're able to fill that gap. Mm-hmm. What has been the best part for you, do, you know, making soap? I mean, the best part for me has been um, having customers come back and saying, I, I you know, I had, had some of your, your product. I just love it. I just mm-hmm. love the way it feels. It just makes me feel so good that people like it the way I like it. You yeah. Know, I started making it, I made it, started making it for me and my family. Right. And um, knowing people, other people like it too, that just makes me feel really good. I use my family as I'm like guinea pigs. I was like, I got into this new product. You guys try it. You know, and see, what so, they let, yeah. see what they like it. So. This is something that you do on the side. How many hours a week would you say you spend? 
I spend a good part of my weekend, I don't spend a lot of time, it, it doesn't really take that much time. It'll take, uh, you know, like half an hour to make up soap, mm-hmm. half an hour. The one that takes the longest is the liquid soap, because it's got to cook for a long time. Mm-hmm. But I have it in my crock pot. I have a, actually a, a batch of it sitting in my crock pot downstairs. So you can just kind of go about your yeah, business. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, once you mix it up, it takes about a half an hour to mix up. And then it has, just has to sit and cook for five hours, and I go down there every hour or whatever, stir it. I do only those on the weekend. Mm-hmm. But what I found I found I do is um, after I get home from work, I'll go mix up a batch of soap, put it, and then the next night I come home and I cut it. Okay, you so know? you kind of have that just yeah, add it to your list of things. Yeah, yeah. So pretty much you're making soap every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, pretty much, yeah. yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I have it down in my basement is my little soap room down there is because it keeps it back and out of the way. Right. Do you have any advice for people that want to get into this? Just try it. I mean, don't be afraid of it. A lot of people get afraid because we're using lye. Yeah, that does make me a little nervous. That, and that, yeah. and, and, but as long as you're careful and you respect the lye mm-hmm. and you respect what it can do, Mm-hmm. and you don't try to move it and you keep it up and away, it's not bad. I don't have safety equipment. I, it's always recommended when you're first starting to wear rubber gloves mm-hmm. and safety goggles. I don't. I've been doing this long enough. Really you know, comfortable. I'm comfortable with not right. using it, but you should probably have safety glasses and rubber gloves just to start with. And mm-hmm. if you're, you have rubber gloves on, be careful. Don't touch your face because you might have a little eye on the glove. And you don't want to get that on oh, your face. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I don't wear gloves. Is because I'd rather have a burn on my finger than a burn on my face. Right, because if it burns so, your finger, you know not to touch your face. Exactly, right. exactly. Also, should keep a vinegar handy in case you do get lye on your hand. Vinegar neutralizes the, the burn of a lye, okay. causing a lie. But other than that, a lot of people are afraid of making soap this way because of that. But honestly, I've never. I've been doing it for years, and I've never had an accident. I've mm-hmm. never had it. The worst thing I had, I think I've got on my finger here. See, looks like a little white. On my knuckle, mm-hmm. I had some soap spill, some um, caustic soap spill oh. on my finger, and it burned, and and that was the worst I've ever had. So. Yeah, hopefully that'll be your only. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I mean, like I said, just just respect it. Mm-hmm. Respect and what it can do. You said most of the products people can find for the most part, and you can find a lot of things in the grocery store. Absolutely, Lowe's for just for the soap making. Absolutely, the um, the stuff to make the lotions a little bit harder to find, but there's plenty of supplier websites. Um, out there that supply that are soap making mm-hmm. suppliers that will have stuff like the emulsifying wax, which which will show you how when we, when we make the uh, ghost milk cream, we'll show you how that okay. works. <clears throat> but yeah, most everything you can find right from the grocery store. Olive oil makes actually makes a really nice um, liquid soap. Yeah, you know, and coconut oil. I found at the Walmart super centers, you can get a two pound thing of coconut oil for less than three dollars. So that's where I get it. You can find it. I did see that they had it at um, Myers. They had coconut oil also at Myers. It's a lot more expensive though. Is that it way. just in the grocery section or yeah, you, yeah, yeah? At the at Walmart Supercenter, they have it at in the, with the rest of the oils. Okay. You know, just it's called Luana, and it's 100% pure co- coconut oil. Wow. And um, as I said, that's that's the one staple I always put in all my soaps. All my soaps always contain coconut oil and they always contain olive oil. Olive oil makes a very, very beautiful moisturizing soap. Mm-hmm. So I use a combination of the two. And so how did you develop your own? Because I'm sure there's several recipes out there and there's several, you know. How did you develop your own? I actually have a spreadsheet on my computer downstairs that has all, every oil has a different, a lot of, that's like, background, a lot of people think of lye soap and they think harsh 
harsh burning so right and right. thinking why would I want to use that right exactly <laughs> well what happened was is way back when in the old days they didn't know exactly how much oil to put with how much lye to make the, the same right. molecules because right. what you're doing is just you're getting you know alkali molecules binding with fatty acid molecules that's creating a new molecule which is soap mm-hmm. so they would put too much lye and not enough fatty acids so you what you have is, a, is lye left over not enough molecules what we know now is we know exactly how much what they call saponification values of each oil, mm-hmm. of each fatty acid, how much of lye is needed to make that into soap. So because of that, you don't have that harshness. And on top of that, I add an additional 5% oil above and beyond the needed lye. So okay. there's extra, there's loose oil in okay. here. So that you know that it's not going to be harsh. There's no extra, there's no extra lye in here. There's actually extra oil in here that's going to, that, that'll make it not so harsh. And I have a spreadsheet. There's different websites out there. Um, there's one that's called soapcalc.com. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another, there's a Majestic Mountain Sage has a soap calculator. And all you have to do really is you punch in your oils and how which oil you want to use and how much you want how much of that oil you want to use and it automatically calculates how much lye you need. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, let me show you real quick. This is actually a printout of my um, my spreadsheet that I do for my soap. And as you can see, it shows me these are the different oils that I'm going to, I have in my soap. This is how much I wanted to put in. Mm-hmm. And then down here it tells me how much water and how much lye. And then it, over here it calculates my cost per batch wow, and cost really per bar. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And then also I can give it the size of my molds. I can change the different size of my molds and recalculate how much of each I need. That's really great. Yeah, this is great. So it's, you do this in a very organized way. I mean, yes, it's, uh, absolutely. It sounds like that's probably what you recommend for mm-hmm. the people that are trying. If you're going to do this, follow, a, follow directions and, and, and don't just... Yes. Don't just throw it. No, no. That's I should should have said that. Accurate measurements are absolutely critical mm-hmm. in making soap. It is absolutely critical because uh, because of that potential of having that excess lye mm-hmm. in your in your in your soap left over. Accurate measurements. You say I have a digital scale over there that I measure everything, and everything should be measured by weight, not by volume. Okay. So it's important that way. The only thing you should measure by by volume is the water. Because fluid ounces are based on the weight of water. Right. Oils are heavier than water. Okay. So that's why it's important to do it by weight than, than volume. Okay. So what kind of scale do you use? I use a postal scale. Okay. A little digital scale. I got it on eBay for like $20. Okay. But you can use, as long as it's, it's, it's accurate to the, the tenth ounce. Okay. Tenth of an ounce. That should be fine. Okay. I mean, you don't, I mean, because I give that extra 4% You have a in little there, buffer. I have a little buffer. So it doesn't have to be like to the microgram. Right, so you, you know. have to have a $2,000 scale to make You don't have to have, absolutely. So. Just look for digital scale or postal scale on eBay. Okay, now if someone at home does not have that and they want to try to make this, what can they do instead? You can use a scale that, like you get at um, Bed Bath & Beyond or whatever. Okay. You know, it's like a, meat, a food scale oh, yeah. for like Weight Watchers. Okay. That should be accurate enough. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, because you just want to make sure. If you're going to give it to your mom for Mother's Day or Christmas stocking stuffer, that it's not going to be something that will burn someone's burn face someone. when exactly. they use it. Exactly. <laughs> And once you cut it up, you can see, too, that if it's... Soapers call it the zap test. Uh-huh. That what we do is we put our tongue on it after we cut it. You put our... I mean, it's gross eating soap, but you just put your tongue on it. And you'll t- if you put your tongue on it, you can tell if there's le- there's excess lye in that. You like can how, tell. What, what happens? It'll zap you. It, it, you'll, you'll, if, it, won't, it won't burn you forever, but it'll give you a little... You'll have a little burning sensation on the tip of your tongue. Okay. So that's... I mean, that's, that's how... If, if ever there's a question on my soap, I'll touch it with my tongue. Matter of fact, I had a batch downstairs that, what they call seizing, uh-huh. I put the water, the lye in, and as soon, I, before I started, I was able to even start to, to mix it, 
it just hardened up on me. And sometimes that happens depending mm-hmm. on your ingredients. And um, so when I put it in the mold, and then when the next day it came out, and it it had it was had pockets of lye in it. And you know the one nice thing about soap is nothing's wasted. You can take that soap with the pot extra lye and stuff, and you can melt it down. I just threw it in a crock pot, add a little extra water, melted it down, let it cook, and let it cook all back in. And the next day I just put it in another pot, and and it's fine. Oh, so it's you don't extra yeah, water. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You just you just have you don't have you don't you don't ever. It's very rare that you have to throw a batch away. Mm-hmm. It's very very rare. So you you just, can you can reclaim it. That's good. I'm in a group on Yahoo. And we do swaps. We swap you know products to oh, each other. Fun. So we yeah. have, we can try out other people's stuff and that kind of thing. So I was making this during a springtime swap. So you had to think, okay, what are we going to make for spring? What makes you think of spring? So I was going to do a lily of the valley liquid body wash for my swap. So I had it down, it was cooking, it was all diluted, it was beautiful, it, had, it smelled so wonderful, Lily of the Valley. And um, it was last Monday, and I turned it on, it was cold, so I wanted to make sure it got fully incorporated. So I turned it on high, and I wanted to get it some warm, so just one last warmth so that it would all, everything would be in it. And I came upstairs and started watching Heroes, and oh. I forgot about it. Oh, I no. fell asleep. Oh, no. I got up the next morning, it had boiled over. And it was everywhere. That's one of the reasons why we're doing this up here. Because right. I'm still working and cleaning up the mess. There was liquid soap everywhere, but it smelled really good. Oh, and no. it was a nice clean mess because right. it's just soap. Right. But oh, it no. was everywhere. <laughs> I was like, okay, where did the lies? Don't turn soap on liquid soap on high and then forget about it overnight. All right, this is the goat's milk and aloe vera cream. I guess we're going to start doing this. What I've got here, these are some of my ingredients. Okay, this is my best seller. This is my goat's milk and aloe vera cream that I make. It's, um, yeah, I use the goat's milk, aloe butter, um, hemp seed oil, grape seed oil, and it's, it's just, that's the one I showed you on this, okay. in the, it's, this is one of the ones products on, on the table. So this is stearic acid. What stearic acid is, it's a vegetable-based product. It's a fatty acid based, um, they get it from palm oil, which is what we used in the soap. And what it does is it just makes it, makes it thicker. It makes a thick cream. So again, accurate measurements, I have my digital scale here, and I have my little recipe that I use. Um, I have this calculated in, in uh, Excel also, how much of the percentages I want. Then I just calculate the total amount that mm-hmm. I want to make and it tells me exactly how many ounces I need. Okay, so, so you just, follow that. I just follow this. So I need for stearic acid, it tells me, where is the stearic acid? Oh, there it is. I need two ounces of stearic acid. So. And again, I get this online, different soap, soap maker suppliers. You can actually get stearic acid from Hobby Lobby. They have it in there with the candle making stuff. Oh, okay. And then this is emulsifying wax. This is a vegetable, vegetable-based wax. Anybody who's had Italian dressing knows oil and water doesn't mix. So what we're making here is we're making a, a, a lotion. Lotion is oil and water. Mm-hmm. What emulsifying wax does is it bonds, it's a molecule that will bond with the water and it will bond with the oil and cause them to, to stay mixed. And it's a vegetable-based product also. Um, and we need 3.3 ounces of this. It's really important to make sure you have enough um, emulsifying wax in your lotions, mostly because if you don't, then you're going to have separation. Um, I've also had a lot of things separate on me, and you have to go back to the drawing board. And <laughs> There's a lot of trial and error here. So, there we go. And then this is aloe butter, aloe vera, and coconut oil mixed together. What we're doing here is we're doing, putting in the stuff in here that needs to melt because we're going to add the hot goat's milk to it. 
So we need one ounce, not very much. And again, I get this online. That's enough, that's enough, that's what I need. All right, and then I add, this is another thing that's called allantoin. It's a chemical derived from comfrey. Everybody have heard of comfrey, the healing properties of comfrey? Okay. This is, the, this is what's in comfrey that makes comfrey healing. What they've done is they've just purified it down. Oh, okay. Most pure. Most pure. you get that online as well? I get this online, mm-hmm. And I need about half an ounce of this. I usually just scoop it in with the end of my spoon. Okay, again, it's accurate measurements, so it's 2.3 ounces of this. Glycerin. Glycerin, vegetable glycerin. And where do you get that? Um, you, I get this online too, but you can also get this from Hobby Lobby. Okay. Um, they have it, and the health food stores have it. And what this is, it's derived from soap, actually. It's the byproduct. What happens is, is they take soap, grind it down, and press the glycerin out. Oh, okay. That's what makes the hard bars of soap at... That's, what, that's one of the reasons why the bars you buy at the grocery store are so hard. They've taken, they've extracted the glycerin. Mm. So, and I think that's all I need now to be melted. So this is my goat's milk that's been cooking. It's been cooking to get the, to make sure all the um, bacteria, any kind of bacteria that's left over in there is out. And I need 38.3 ounces of this. What I don't have in goat's milk, I'll make up for in water. And then again, use a stick blender. I have two stick blenders. This one I have has high low, so that's why I use this one for my lotions. And then get everything that so it's nice and melted. Then I'll add the cold water to it. Okay, once I make sure everything's melted, then I'm going to add some more water to it. Though I had the right amount of liquid in the goat's milk, it was uh, just cooked off a little bit. Now we'll just mix this up. Now there's more that we have to do. You can see already it's really thick honey. And where do you get the goat's milk? I get that from Harvest Health Food. Okay. Okay, now what I've got over here is my hemp seed oil and my grape seed oil to add. Hemp seed oil is just that, it's from hemp. It's wonderful for your skin. It's very high in vitamin E and it's just, it's so nice for your skin. Pour that in there. And then grapeseed oil. A lot of people know grapeseed oil. Massage uh, therapists use grapeseed oil very much. Are these oils expensive? Um, not really. If you buy them online, they're really not expensive at all. It's really important to make sure you have a good emulsion. You don't want to pour it in the jars because if you pour it in the jars before you're sure that it's, then you'll have a mess in your jars and you have to take it out. So you want to make sure that everything's going to stick together. And then we'll put in, this is the hyaluronic acid. This is the stuff that I told you that's real high end. I put that in here too. It's the um, moisturizing that's in naturally occurring oh. in your joints and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And it's wonderful. I mean, it's, it's expensive. That's why I usually only use half a percent, but it, it is expensive. This little bottle is $20. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, but you don't need a lot. So, and this is sodium lactate. Everything is naturally based. I don't use any man-made products. Um, some of them, you say sodium lactate, you know, that kind of stuff. It's, it's all derived from vegetables. So I just use a little bit of this. And that's just another moisturizer. Then this is a preservative. You have to put in a small amount of preservative because if you don't, you're going to get mold. Because whenever you mix oil and water, if you don't have a preservative in there, you mm -hmm. will get mold. And then this is my 
fragrance. This is oatmeal, milk, and honey fragrance. So that's what I use in there. And then my secret ingredient, I always put, cut up a couple of vitamin E tablets. Mm. I put those in there. And I just take the tablet and cut the end and squirt the oil in. And I usually use about, for the size of the batch, I usually about four should do it. And I dump that in. Okay. Now I see it's like real thick. And all I do is want to make sure that everything's incorporated nice. How many will you get out of this batch? This batch, I think I did this one, it was a dozen. Okay. I get a dozen jars out of that. And we'll go ahead and I got the jars sitting over here. I get the jars, again, I get the jars online. Um, I have a couple favorite suppliers. Um, the jars come, they're heavy duty plastic. They're all pre-sterilized. Don't worry about that. That's why I use this, uh, a, a container like this because it makes it really easy to pour mm -hmm. with the handle and the spout. Well, I do get mess sometimes. And how long do these have to sit? Um, containers before they're really ready to. I usually let them sit about an hour without the lids on them, mm -hmm. and then I'll put the lids on, and then they're done. You can mm -hmm. actually you can use the stuff. You can use the. This doesn't have to sit at all. Okay. You can use it right out of it. You can use it like this. A lot of times. I'll use the leftovers, and after I'm done making this, I'll use the leftovers and use my <laughs> use them on my hand. And they will get thicker as it cools, but you can see how pretty thick it is. Mm -hmm. Why do you think this is so popular? Because of how it works and how it smells. People who've used it, they actually say that they even after they wash their hands, they don't have to reapply. You know, everybody who uses lotion knows you wash your hands, you got to go put more lotion on it. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because of the ingredients that are in here, they're actually skin penetrating. They don't just sit, they don't just make a, a barrier on your skin. They actually penetrate your skin and reinforce it and, and moisturize it down deep at the cellular level so that you don't have to reapply after you wash your hands. Your skin's just, your, your hands are still soft. So everyone's trying this. They're like, they just love it. And I, I, I used the, the milk and honey fragrance. I kind of started it because, you know, this was milk, milk so so I use a milk, a milk fragrance. But it's because it's so soft and not overpowering. I get a lot of people who say how much they love this, just the way it smells. Right, so it's not so obnoxious. It's, it's right, it's yeah. not overpowering. So I have one little extra. That one will be my tester. <laughs> so when I go out, that'll be one I'll give out to as, um, you know, samples. Right, right. So you can make use of every uh -huh. part of this. Yep. Well, that's yep. great. And then, like I said, just you know, after about an hour, I let them sit. Just put, put the, the lids on, and then, and then I label them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the labels. Interesting about the labels. My sister is a um, watercolor artist. Oh. And she did the art for the late my labels. Oh, how nice. Yeah. Actually, she. <laughs> you looked at my house. All these paintings are all my sisters. And they're oh, all my sister's wow. Art. They're, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. beautiful. So all these paintings and stuff I've got through my house. Yeah. These are all my sisters. Wow. She's, She's really talented. Well, that's She's great really to have access. To yes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Then the last thing I guess is what I need to do lip balm. Lip, lip balm I do over this stove because it's, I do it in double boiler. Okay. Lip balms are so easy. Basically, just melt and pour. And is this something that people could do at home? Oh, them? absolutely, absolutely. Um, what I've got in here, this is just beeswax that I pre I pre measured. 
Okay, hold on one second. I'm going to this stick in here and turn this on. Off, turn this on. Okay, and in here is beeswax. And this, this, is is for, this is for lip balm. How this much, is for how lip much balm. beeswax? Um, for eight ounces, because I use, um, these are my little lip balm tubs. These are quarter ounce each. So I usually do really small batches because these, you know, these quarter ounce, they're a quarter ounce each. So this is enough to make about 24 little lip balms. Okay. So um, this is um, 1.6 ounces or 20% 20, 20 of the recipe is beeswax. Okay. Okay. Then that's just got to, that's got to melt. And then I have over here, these are my hard butters. I use shea butter, cocoa butter, and mango butter. Everybody, I don't, most people know what cocoa butter is. Mm -hmm. Most people have heard of shea butter. Mm -hmm. You know, what every, shea butter is incredible healing for your skin. Uh, and mango butter, mango butter is just a real nice, soft butter. I use it in a lot of my lotions, too, because mm -hmm. it's very emollient, and it's, it's really soft, and it's a beautiful white color. Um, so in these mango butter, I use 10% of my recipe is mango butter. And I'll go ahead and put the hard oils in. Oops. Again, that's where the measurement comes in handy. That's where the scale comes. Right here. So I need 0.8 mango butter. That should be just about, yeah. I've, got, I've been doing this long enough that I can look at a piece of... I know how much I weigh. I know weighs. exactly how much it weighs, yeah. So approximately 0.8. And this is my shea butter. I, there's two different kinds of shea butter, just like there's two different kinds of cocoa butter. There's refined and unrefined. Um, just means it's gone through an extra process to remove. This is refined. This is the only time I use refined cocoa butter and shea butter because um, shea butter has a naturally very strong fragrance. This is natural shea butter that comes from Africa. And you can smell. It's not real pleasant. No. No, but it, it has wonderful skin softening abilities. Okay. So like in my lotions and soap, I'll use the natural. Right. But because you're putting this on your lips... No, I don't use it that way because it, it, it is kind of not a very pleasant right so and 15% of my recipe is shea butter so let's measure out 1.2 ounces here and then cocoa butter again cocoa butter I use the refined in this also not because it smells bad naturally it smells like chocolate that's what it is it's made mm -hmm. from chocolate so but again I don't want it on the lips. You don't necessarily. People don't necessarily. Now, can you want. tell those butters apart? Like I could see myself totally mixing them up. No, you notice that. That's why I put it back in the oh, okay. answer. Okay. <laughs> With, on the refined ones, I can't. I can't yeah. tell the difference because they don't smell and right. they don't have. So I put them back in their canisters so that I know which ones which. On the unrefined ones, yes, I can tell the difference. Mm -hmm. I can tell the difference between mango and cocoa, and because cocoa is, is like a yellow color and it smells like chocolate. Right. Real distinctive. Um, but when they're like this. No, and usually I use cocoa butter a lot in my soaps too because it's very hard. See, mm -hmm. it's very hard, and um, that's why I use the scissors to cut it. But it's very emollient. You know, if anybody's used cocoa butter like in the summertime or whatever, but it's really hard to cut, <laughs> especially when it's refined like this. And it's really hard, so that's why I use the scissors. You see, the other ones I was able to just break off with my fingers, but not cocoa butter. That's one of the reasons why I get my soap because it makes it really makes it so hard too. Mm -hmm. Now I saw on your website you have um, some some kind of a moisture. I don't know which product it is, but something that's good for acne as well. Mm -hmm. I have a, I have actually two. I've just recently made um, formulated an acne wash. It's a liquid soap mm -hmm. um, made with 
salicylic acid, which is the, um, it's derived the same as um, aspirin. And that's what most of your acne products, like your Neutrogena wash and that kind of stuff, is made with salicylic acid. But I also have a tea tree oil and herb soap, which has different herbs in it that are good for um, healing, like uh, red clover. And everybody, I don't know if anybody knows how about tea tree, but tea tree oil is natural antiseptic. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, it's been used in, in by the um, people in Australia, the Aborigines, for years as an antiseptic. And so tea tree oil, the combination of tea tree oil and the herbs, and then I also make it with witch hazel. Makes a bar of soap that is wonderful, like especially if like my husband uses it for back knee. He's got the real bad acne oh, on his mm -hmm, back. Mm -hmm. Use it in the shower for that. You can use it for your face. Um, and my acne wash also has tea tree oil in it. Oh, so, okay. yeah. So I have actually two two different things, and then I have a toner that I made with a combination of um, witch hazel, same herbs that are in the in the, and also red cider. Apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar is a natural moisturizer and pH balancer. Oh, okay. So it balances the, the pH on your skin so it makes it less likely to have acne and breakouts. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it works really good, too. Well, it seems like it would be less harsh than some of this chemical. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, it's just natural witch hazel, which is a natural product. And you see, this is starting to melt. And I, this, uh, this is what I use to, to fill them. I just use a little turkey baster that I... Um, I soak in boiling water. When I'm done, I soak in boiling water, then I wash the dishwasher. Make sure it's nice and clean. And then over here, I have avocado oil and castor oil. Those, those are the two. If you didn't put liquid oils in it, it would be hard as a rock in the thing you want it to be able to melt oh, on contact. Right. Mm -hmm. So if, it does, if you don't have some kind of liquid oils in there, it's going to be hard as a rock, and you're not going to be able to use it. So I use these two oils. Castor oil got a bad rap, but it's a wonderful oil for skin. <laughs> no one necessarily eat it, but... It's wonderful oil, and avocado oil is too. It's really, really thick, very emollient, and um, it's wonderful. I use avocado oil a lot for my uh, lotions and that kind of stuff. And castor oil, actually, I use a lot in my liquid soaps because it makes a real nice moisturizing lather too. Mm -hmm. So I use that for that too. And, and I love these little paper cups. I use these all the time. That's what I use to most, do most of my small measurements because they're, they're sterile and I don't have to worry about it and I can just throw them away when I'm done. So I use 1.6 ounces of avocado oil, which these little cups usually hold about two ounces. Now are you buying that avocado oil online? Online, but you can get it at, um, I know you can get it at Harvest Health Foods. Like this castor oil I got at Harvest Health Foods. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I find I find you get cheaper prices online. There's a web website called soaperschoice.com mm -hmm. and his price, you have to buy large quantities so if people are really interested in wanting to buy you know, start a business work, his, his prices are incredibly low. Mm -hmm. But then there's other places like, like this company Wholesale Supplies Plus where you can buy small bottles like this up to like, I think this is a 16 ounce bottle and this cost I think it was like five dollars. Okay, so you don't have to buy like yeah. a whole yeah, and that's, of it. That wholesale supplies. What I end up doing is I get like my my jars. This place, this this company is great because they carry everything. Mm -hmm. They carry the jars. They carry the oils. They carry the butters. Shopping. Exactly. So you don't have to. And they're in they're in Ohio, so I usually get my stuff from them in a day. And then the castor oil also is um, twenty percent, so one point six ounces. And this is a lemon and honey batch. Honey is um, again another very good moisturizer. You can get purified versions of honey that doesn't have the, the sugar in it, that doesn't, so it's not sticky. Mm -hmm. um, that that actually works really good. Um, I'm gonna actually get some of it and uh, start making it, put it in the shampoo. Oh yeah. You know, a lot of people like that. 
And then this is my lemon oil. Again, I just got this from Harvey Self Food. This is an essential oil. This is based, this is a um, distilled from lemon, mm -hmm. from lemon peels. And then this is just a flavor oil, just to give it a little flavor. It's a honey, a honey flavor oil. And I, again, I also put in a vitamin E tablet. I put vitamin E in just about everything I make, except the soap. I don't, I don't bother putting in the soap because the lye would just eat up the properties of mm -hmm. it. So why bother? Mm -hmm. You know. And you see people who say that you know, they make soap with aloe vera gel or with aloe vera. Yeah. It, yeah, it, that's all nice and well and good, but it doesn't do anything because the heat, aloe vera, if it gets above a certain temperature, oh, like 90 degrees, it's not effective. So that's why, you know, with, with this, it has to be a low temperature, so otherwise the aloe vera is not as effective. Right. So when, like, when I'm making liquid soaps and I put aloe vera in my liquid soaps, I always do it, I dilute it and make sure it's nice and cool. Then I put my aloe vera in because then the aloe vera is effective. But before that... But my bother. And then just let this melt. And then I just put in usually just a tablespoon of honey. I don't put too much honey because I discover what happens if you put too much honey is it doesn't, um, it separates. Then oh, it up, doesn't. Then you end up with a sticky layer on the bottom of your, of your lip palm pot. So it sounds like it's probably, there's probably a little bit of, you know, you have to kind of get used to what works and what You do have work. to experiment a little bit. The soap is pretty easy. It's one of the things that you probably should start with if you're going to do start making handmade products. Because there is a certain amount of experimenting to do with like, with, like with this and the lotions and stuff like that. Like my formulas are definitely trial and error. And I've had quite a few <laughs> separated on me. So you pour it in the bottles and you got a layer like this in the bottom of water. And it's like, oh, okay, that's not good. And then this will really start clearing up once, it's, uh, once it starts melting. You can see it doesn't really make that very much. How long do they keep? Forever. Because there's no water in here. Okay. It's just pure oils. They'll keep forever. As long as you keep them in a nice, cool, uh, you know, because I, I, I store them down in my basement. So it's pretty dry and pretty cool down there. So they just they keep for a really long time. But I have such a high turnover on my lip balms, I don't really have, you know. So I, I usually make... How much make, do you sell them for? $2. Okay. And that's equivalent to what lip Burt's Bees. Right. And Burt's Bees sells about two fifty. And these are just about ready as soon as that last little bit melts. I'm going to turn this down just to a low heat. And then, um, like I said, then I use a turkey baster. I'm going to put in a tablespoon of my lemon oil. And you smell that. Oh, that's nice. Isn't that nice? Yeah. And then this is the lemon, I mean, this is the honey flavor. Just to give it a little bit of sweetness, make it taste a little. Have bit. you ever mixed oils that just didn't go well together? Yeah. Scents that were. Yeah. Yeah. I usually what I do to test to test stuff is I take a um, like a coffee filter or okay. a, a cotton ball and a plastic bag, and I'll dip just a little bit of my fragrances in and put it in the in the plastic bag, mm -hmm. and then let it sit for about a half an hour, and then open up the plastic bag and you can see, see it. In, okay, that's a good idea. Yep. And then, You're not ruining a batch then. Exactly, exactly. And I, so I usually, most of my fragrances are already, I already, um, I've already tested them and stuff. Like, like I know exactly like that toasted almond bar that we just did. Um, I know exactly how much, um, how much vanilla, how much almond to put in there. So, okay, let's just about melt it. Let's see the water starting to boil up. And then I usually let me grab a. Excuse me, I'm gonna grab a 
cookie sheet out of here. I like these little pots and cookie sheets. It makes them a little bit easier. Because the beeswax, because of what's in them, they're kind of a pain to clean up. So then when I dip on that, then I just clean that off and it's a little bit easier. So. And again, this is I get this from the these from the same place. Yeah, what place it? was that again? Wholesale Supplies Plus. Okay. And the labels and stuff, I just buy like Avery labels from Office Depot or whatever. You just make your own. I just make my own. Mm -hmm. I said I use Word. I pull in that picture that my, of my that my sisters. I I ended up um, I had scanned it. Those two pictures that I used for her, and, um, and that's all I use. I make two lip balms. I make a wintergreen and then this honey lemon. Do you have a favorite? I like the wintergreen. That's my favorite. And this was my first one, and then I wintergreen's my favorite mint. So that's why I went ahead and I keep stirring it because the honey has a tendency to separate if you if you don't keep incorporating it. So and then I just suck it up into the turkey baster. Let it get its air out, and then just squirt them in. That they shrink a little bit when they cool. So you fill them up right to the yeah. Top. I fill them all the way up. And how long did these just pretty much they harden up and they're ready to go? Yeah, exactly. They harden up, and uh, they'll take they take about I leave the caps off of them um, about half an hour, and they're hard. So soap is probably the easiest for people to soap is the easiest. Like I said, it has the least amount of um, error. Well, hopefully this will inspire some people to give something yeah. a try. It's interesting, too, that you have all boys. I mean, how much do they like this stuff? Not at all. I mean, <laughs> I have, they like my soap. Like my, my husband loves my acne soap. He just swears by it. And my new shampoos that I've been making, they really like the shampoos. And um, this was funny because I was making all these girly smelling lotions and stuff like this. And I was at work, and I said, I saw one of the guys at work, and I work with all men. I'm the only woman in the office. That I'm the only woman at home. Right. And I'm making all this girly stuff. <laughs> and uh, I noticed one of the guys at work, because I work with mechanics, they are washing their hands all the time, so they have very dry hands. Right. I saw one of them using lotion. I'm like, duh, <laughs> maybe I should make a lotion for a guy. Right. So I made a, actually made a sandalwood lotion, made, sent it up with sandalwood, and it went over really well. Yeah. And then I also make, I do make some man-scented soaps. I make a pine soap. And what I call a sportsman soap. Okay. It's um, camouflage colored. It's green uh. <laughs> and black and brown camouflage yeah. colors. And it's scented with anise. And anise um, covers the human scent for deer hunters. Oh, yeah. And also fish are attracted to the scent of anise. So for fishermen, so they wash with that. My, my, my brother-in-law said it doesn't work, though. <laughs> he went hunting with it last year. Yeah. It didn't work. <laughs> but, um, and then I also make uh, a, a, a sandalwood shaving soap. Okay. That it has um, bentonite clay in it, which increases the slip, so you don't get razor burn. Oh, okay. And I think I have I have a couple other sandalwood vanilla. So you've been you've been inspired by the men in your life. Too. Yes. Yes. And they, like I said, they're they're my greatest guinea pigs. Yeah. And it's like here, try this, try this, and and then whenever I get new fragrances, like here, smell this. You like this? You like this? You know, they usually don't like the same things I do. They like the ones that are like. Apricot. I just got some apricot and honey fragrance in. Huh. They were like, oh, they love that. Yeah, you know? I love apricot. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to probably incorporate that. I'm planning on making an apricot scrub with a cream soap. Oh, yeah. I got apricot kernel 
seed, mm-hmm. and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna scent that with the apricot and honey fragrance. I think. Oh wow! So that's yeah. that's gonna be coming this summer. I gotta yeah. do more experimenting. So comes yeah. come June when we, farmers market opens up again. That's all. You'll that's be all set. I'll be all set. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you so You're much welcome. for giving me the kind of. Uh, audio-visual tour here of your place. Well, I know people make things for different reasons. And for you, is this just kind of an outlet, or why did you... It's a creative outlet. It helps me, um, like I said, I loved chemistry, mm-hmm. and I loved experimenting. When I, I remember when I was like six years old, going in my bathroom and mixing shampoos and lotions and doing all these exper- experiments when I was a little girl. Uh-huh. So it's just like an expansion of that, uh, you yeah. know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, and this stuff really... Smells good as opposed to the other stuff that they used to make. Yeah. Like, my mom would go into the bathroom and was like, What did you do here? Right, because it was just like an unusual mix of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's an outlet. It's funny too because was it last? No, it was while I was pregnant for Quinn. I had so much soap and so much stuff. And I said, I got to try a different outlet. So I went, he was going to take stained glass class. Uh-huh. So I went and took a stained glass class and I just found out I was pregnant for him. And they're they're like, okay, well, what are the limitations to doing stained glass? They're like, because you work with lead. And it's like, well, you shouldn't work with lead if you're pregnant. Okay, so I put that aside. So for a year, I put that aside. And just last winter, not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before last, I started doing stained glass again. Mm -hmm. So I've been that's my that's the other passion I have is stained glass. So and this is this is a business for you too. Mm -hmm. So you're Mm -hmm. you're. you know, I love it. I wish I could do it full time. Yeah, is that what your goal is? That's my goal. Yeah, yeah. I would love to do this full time. And how how, how close are you? Do you think? Not very close. Um, I, again, with my five kids and my husband out of work, the money situation just isn't there. So I have to work right. on supporting my family right now. Right. It's- so this is this is actually this is extra money that I have, especially for the winter holidays and that kind of stuff. Yeah. This is actually the money that I make on my craft shows in the spring. I mean, in the in the fall, that's usually my Christmas money. Oh, that's awesome. So you have that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I do like, I do the Christmas through Lowell and the St. Cecilia's, which mm-hmm. you saw me there, and a couple other ones in the fall. And that's, like I said, that's usually my Christmas spending money. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, it's a wonderful thing, too, in it. So you'd like to have a shop. I mean, do you want to have it where people can come in and make some? Yeah. I would or, love to be able to do that. And I do what, I do stuff making demonstrations at the farmer's market downtown, but I would love to have a shop where I could be demonstrating how to make stuff. And Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I would love to, I've actually been been approached by a couple teachers, chemistry teachers, mm-hmm. that are interested in having me come and do a demonstration for their class because it is chemistry. It is, it yeah, is absolutely chemistry. Well, and the thing that's so cool about it is it's practical chemistry mm-hmm. because you can kind of wow the class with um, not only are you doing a little experiment, I mean, you're mixing things, but mm-hmm. you're they're getting something that everybody can use. Absolutely, so really absolutely. Great. That's what one of the teachers she said about uh, she. That's what she taught was like practical chemistry. Yeah, in, in everyday life. And that's why she said she wanted me to come in and, and, and maybe do a So have you done that yet that. or you haven't I haven't done, done that yet. yet. Yeah. I wasn't able to add time constraints last year. But um, I have her number. She's going to call me and, and maybe set something up at this, this fall coming up. Well, that's great. That's yeah. really great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and so it sounds like this is something you're kind of just going to keep doing what you're doing until you find a way to yep. to shift the mm-hmm. focus more into mm-hmm. doing this full time. Yep, it's absolutely, absolutely. My husband just got his certification as a massage therapist. So he's he's trying to grow that business too. Oh, as a that'd be great therapist. to be able to do. Um, and this goes hand in hand. You're working with absolutely. oils and all this stuff. So you might be having I'm, a special scented massage oil. I actually make his massage oils for him. Do you him. really? Yes, I do. Wow. I make his massage oils for That's him. Excellent. Mm-hmm. That's excellent. What kind of work did he, what was he in before that? He was just working in the warehouses and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Gordon Foods and that kind of thing. And they cut back and they laid him off. 
So and it sounds like both of you are really pursuing like more like dream careers. Yes, now. absolutely. That's absolutely. How does that feel to be pursuing these things? It, it feels great. It, it, it's it's fun because I'm, with him, especially when he was working in a warehouse, he was just not happy. Yeah. You know, he'd be a crabby. Now that he's he's doing it, he feels like he's really helping people and he's and he's doing something. Right. He loves it. He comes home and he's in a good mood and you know he just he just loves it. Actually, that's where he is right now. He's at class. Yeah. He's uh, taking on, he con- continuing learning classes with his, oh, with yeah. his massage therapy. Very cool. You have a fabulous thing going here. And it'll yeah. be interesting to see in five, ten years where you guys are. Yeah. You have a shop where he's doing massage on one side and you're well, making soap and oil on the other. Yeah, and he's, gonna, he's getting ready to move into a different office. Right now he just has one room. But they're moving him into a nef- different office. It's almost like a suite. It's got an outer office and then an inner office. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have a display set up in his outer office. Oh, very cool. Of, of my soaps and that kind of stuff. Very nice. So I'll have a permanent display there. So it won't be anything big. But, you know, yeah. it would be nice to have something. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and you could probably, yeah, if you can sell your work through yeah. that, mm-hmm. that would be great. Mm-hmm. The best I ever did was, as far as the store goes, is my sister worked at a company at a, at a gift shop in Virginia. And um, I sold my soaps and that kind of stuff to them. Mm-hmm. But then she quit and they got mad. So they stopped carrying my stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> I was like, mm. Well, thank you so much thank for you. everything and the demonstration. I really appreciate oh, that. thanks. That was fun. Thanks to Dee for sharing her expertise with all of us this week. Make sure you visit craftsanity.com where you can download Dee's soap recipe. Please leave a comment on the blog to enter this week's random drawing for a sampling of Dee's products. All you have to do is just comment on anything. It doesn't even have to be soap-related. Just, uh, you know, make a comment about the show, um, about, you know, have you tried to make soap or what kind of soap do you like? Is there anything that, uh, any tips you have for people, that the, you veteran soap makers out there? If you have any, um, you know, suggestions for quick and easy gifts that have to do with soap or lotion making, um, post those up there. If anyone has any tutorials they've already written and wants to um, let us know, post your link up there, and we'll get some traffic to your site. So good luck to everyone, and I want to announce the winner of Amy Carroll's fabulous Bend the Rules sewing book, and that is Beth Howard of Nashville, Tennessee. Congratulations, Beth, and thanks to Pottercraft for donating the book. I really appreciate that. And a special thanks to Kelly in Richmond, Virginia, and Shelly in L.A. Um, both these wonderful ladies supported the podcast with purchases from the Craft Sanity store in the last week or two. And I really appreciate that, ladies. Thank you so much. Those of you are wondering what's in the Craft Sanity store, um, it's mostly, it's, I have some pins. There's some pocket mirrors, but I haven't put those online, which is kind of ridiculous because they're just sitting in my house. So you guys have a wonderful week. I'll be back soon with another episode of Craft Sanity, and I'm excited because I have an interview with Carol Duvall that I cannot wait to bring you. Okay, so those of you who are interested in hearing a little more rambling from me can stick around for the after show, which is going to start up after the music plays. And for the rest of you, I'd like to just wish you well and uh, remind you to Craft Sanity, my friends. It works for me. Thanks for listening to the Craft Sanity Podcast with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Visit CraftSanity.com for more information about today's guests and links to subscribing to the podcast. Want to support the show? Follow the link to vote for Craft Sanity on Podcast Alley once a month. You can also make a donation or buy goods at the Craft Sanity store. Have a suggestion for a future guest or have other feedback? Email Jennifer at CraftSanity.com. Thanks again for listening to Craft Sanity.
Okay, I think I'm going to try to keep this after show pretty short here because I have got to get to work. So, um, <laughs> nothing like a deadline to motivate me to shut my mouth. Um, <laughs> the news from my neck of the woods is that I have a new niece, which I'm very excited about. Um, she's beautiful, and she her name is Penelope, and we call her Penny, which I think is just darling. And we ha- I have a nephew who's on the way. He's uh, my Both my sisters were pregnant at the same time. And um, the middle sister had her baby. I'm the oldest. And uh, we're waiting for our baby sister, Julie, to have the first boy in our family. We're very excited about this. And um, so I've been knitting baby booties. In fact, I was knitting while I was editing the last this, this podcast. So... Um, that was fun, so I didn't have to make too many edits, which was good, so I didn't have to put my needles down very much. And um, so that's the excitement in my family. And on the 4th of July, I had a pretty cool opportunity. I did an interview with Jackie Byron, the editor of Get Creative Magazine in Australia, and for a change, I wasn't the one doing the interview. She was interviewing me, which is still just baffling to me that people in Australia are this interested in what I'm doing. So uh, we had a lovely chat, and I'm hoping that she can glean something quotable from my rambling. And my little sister, Julie, is um, a studio photographer and craft enthusiast, and she took some photos of me and some of my latest projects to submit to to, um, Jackie for possible publication with her article. And Julie did this for me, even though she was extremely pregnant, and I know very uncomfortable. So I really appreciated her help on that. And hopefully she'll get to see some of her photography in print. That would be very cool. And I love to collaborate with her on projects. So um, this was fun. And um, Get Creative magazine doesn't circulate here in the United States, but I'll, of course, mention it on my blog when the article comes out. Because I'm just very geeky that way and still... You know, I mean, this is an extremely big deal to me because I'm, like I said, I consider myself a regular plain Jane sort of gal and um, certainly not the type of person that gets a lot of media attention. Uh, I'm more comfortable being on the other side of things, um, interviewing people behind the scenes. So it's very flattering anytime anyone wants to (laughs) talk to me about this show. So, and as those of you who listen know, I love to talk. So pretty much any platform... Any mic I can get or, you know, stage or anything, I'm, I'm willing to uh, say a few words. So, um, <laughs> you know, and I just, that, and that brings me to another point here that, um, you know, I really don't think I say it enough, but I really appreciate all of you who listen to the show. Despite its imperfections, and there are many, you all have responded to me um, at least those I've heard from, have responded to me with very positive feedback, which I really appreciate. And some of you have you know, gone as far as um, sending me quite lengthy emails about who you are and what you do. And while I haven't had time to respond to every single email I've received, I read them all and I keep them all. I mean, this is becoming, this will be all part of the archives of the Craft Sanity podcast um, historical collection or whatever, um, I am a saver. So I save all these things, and from time to time I go back, and um, I just so appreciate it because, um, 
you know, sometimes, like I said, people around here really, where I live, don't really know what I do. I mean, I work in a newspaper, but I haven't received any kind of publicity or anything about what I do. So, you know, I kind of just go about my day, do my thing. And, um, you know, when I get an email from some listener out there um, that pops up on, I have a new phone that I can check my email on. So it's kind of cool um, to get some kind of like a little ego boost right in the middle of the day. It's wonderful. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, you know, I, I know after last week's after show when I talked about um, Hancock Fabric closing, you know, the one in my my town closed and um, closed for good. And I went and recorded the some audio from the closing and um, I got a few emails about that, which I'm thinking it's the after show. I mean, does anyone even really listen? But you guys, some of you listened, so that was really quite cool. And um, I heard from a woman who works at a fabric store and wrote a long email. And she said it was the longest she ever wrote to somebody who didn't know her. And the funny thing about it is I didn't feel like we were strangers at all when I got to the end of that email because I know her now, you know, and I got, and I definitely knew that when I was done reading, that we're kindred spirits for sure. So, so Aaron, if you're out there, thank you so much for your note and for sharing part of your life story with me. I really appreciated that. Which brings me to yet another point. These segues are ridiculous. There's a, there's a good reason why I'm not, um, I don't have a talk show um, on the radio because it would be like, Never ending. It would be like the 24-7 craft talk with Jennifer Ackerman Haywood. Will she shut up? No, she won't. Um, well, you know, I, please keep the emails coming. Um, I really appreciate that. And I, I, there's nothing like getting um, a message so I can kind of connect and start to visualize who I'm actually talking to. Because right now, it feels like I have a lot of imaginary friends. And I did have three when I was a child. <laughs> so this is kind of a continuation, I guess, of a, something I started when I was very small. And um, what I wanted to mention, you know, my segue didn't exactly go anywhere last time, but let's see if we can push it into the next topic here. Um, I have an idea I've been kicking around for a while, and as many of you know, I'm a bit of a story collector, and it's pretty obvious that I love just about everything handmade. So what I like to do is start collecting handmade stories, and I'd like to post these online or broadcast them on the podcast, and I want to get more of your voices into this podcast So I want to hear from you. I want to hear the stories behind that handmade object you have that you either love it or you hate it. I want to know why. I want to know why it means a lot to you. And even some of those projects we make that come out just awful, we keep them. And we keep them for different reasons. But I want to hear about the sock monkey at the back of your closet from Aunt Tilda that you just can't bring yourself to part with. I want to hear the story behind the handmade quilt draped over the back of your couch or the dress or toy you made for a special little person in your life. We all have things that we've been given or made for ourselves that have interesting stories behind them, and we've probably had projects go horribly awry, and others surpassed even our best expectations. So I'd love for you to tell your your best handmade stories, and I think that's what I'm going to call this segment, Handmade Stories, and if you can, I think this would be fabulous if you could snap a picture of the item you write about so I can post it online. And what you can do is just, if you have a story, 
just type it up and send it to me. Email it to me and write handmade stories in the subject line. And please include your full name and your mailing address and a contact number, a phone number in your email. Because I haven't quite sorted this out. I mean, depending on what kind of response I get, I think it'd be awesome to record these in your voices, let you record them, and I would totally help you do that so you don't have to worry about it. I would be I could just call you up and we could record it. If I'm overwhelmed, I might have to do more of a print online version of this, but I think the part I really want to hear is I want to hear your voices and I want to let you tell your story. So that's what I'm pushing towards. And I plan to participate in this too, of course. I mean, of course, I'm not going to miss an opportunity to say a few words. So that's a shocker. Um, <laughs> but anyway, let me know what you think about this idea. Do you want to share your handmade stories on Craft Sanity? I hope you do, because I would love nothing more than to hear them and to share them with all the people who listen. So this is in my attempt to let you guys have a little more um, input in the show because it seems like I can't interview all the people that you've requested fast enough. So this is something to tide us over and just let us continue to have fun. So, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to work now and I'll be back soon. And please tell me what you think about this handmade story idea because I'm, I like the idea a lot, but we'll see. We'll see what the masses say. We'll see what you guys think. So you guys have a fabulous week, and I'm going to be back real soon with that interview with Carol Duvall. So I'll say it again just because I can't stop myself. Craft sanity, my friends. It works for me.